Welcome in to the Talking Tennessee podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Patterson, and today we're going to do a brief recap of the Bowling Green Tennessee game from last Thursday. Look ahead to Pitt starting tomorrow, and we're going to talk a little Titans talk here at the end, and then maybe some some random things along the way. Um, I know it's been a while since I've done one of these. Been well, there wasn't much going on in the summer, and then got. Just always something coming up, always busy. So didn't think there was a preview necessary for the Bowling Green game. Um, So I'm going to do a brief recap here. I actually went to the game. And what's surprising to me is the reaction from fans from this game. Um, You know, Tennessee came in as 35-point favorites. They won the game by 32 points. And the fans' reaction to the game was that it was just a horrible performance and you got to pull Joe Milton and the season's over. And I just, I don't understand. A lot of these fans want perfection in game one. They want you to go out there, um, complete 30 or 30 passes, five TDs, win the game by 50 points. Like, I know Bowling Green's a bad team, but Vegas set that line at 35 points. Tennessee won by 32. So I, I just, I don't get the the fans that, are just so disappointed in that performance. You got some fans already calling for Joe Milton to get benched. It, it's his first game. It's his first game in the new system. He had three or four drops from receivers. One of the incompletions was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. I mean, you take away those drops, add in the extra yards. He actually had a decent game. Um, I thought he moved around with his feet pretty well. Um, I don't think they wanted to show too much for Pitt, to be honest with you. I mean, they were very vanilla on offense. They ran the same four or five plays pretty much the whole game. I think this week you'll see a different Joe Milton. I think I think he's going to correct some things. He's He missed some open guys, but, you know, what quarterback doesn't? I mean, I was watching Tom Brady last night miss a couple open guys as well, and he's, the you know, the greatest of all time. So it happens. Um I just I don't understand the hate at all. Um, I I really enjoyed the tempo of the offense. It was they ran a play probably every eight nine seconds. It's going to be fun to see that develop throughout the year. It's only going to get better and better. Um, I thought the defense played really well. Um, hold I don't know when the last time is Tennessee held an opponent to six points or less, or at least an FBS team. It's it's had to have been at least five years or so. Um, honestly, the last time we haven't scored 38 points much against any FBS teams lately either, maybe once or twice, but overall, I thought it was a good start. The, the crowd was, uh, if I had to guess, probably around 85,000, um, lower bowl was pretty full. Upper bowl at the top was scarce, but that's to be expected on a Thursday night, you know, Thursday night opener, a lot of people from out of town, probably with kids had trouble traveling in for that game, but um, I thought it was a decent crowd after coming off a three and seven season Thursday night against a weak opponent. Uh, I thought I thought it was a decent crowd. Um, Tennessee unveiled a couple new things, stadium experiences. They had a uh, firework, uh, an enhanced fireworks show, which is you know okay. They had a helicopter flyover, which I thought was pretty cool. I liked that, and then the light show. I got I got to talk about this light show. So Tennessee <clears throat> apparently spent over a million dollars putting in this light show. Um, they claimed it was similar to the one Alabama and Georgia has. I hope that wasn't the whole thing because I'm here to tell you that <laughs> that wasn't much of a light show. I, I've, I mean, I, 
I've seen better light shows from me flickering on and off the lights here in my kitchen. I mean, that you couldn't even see the lights. First of all, they did the light show during the day when it was still light out. I don't know if that was maybe why, but I believe they did it again when it got darker and it just, there wasn't much to it. It was like a light flickering on and off. I, I mean, I don't, I must have missed something, but yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the light show. <laughs> maybe they haven't installed it all the way. But, man, if that's all they got, they wasted their money big time on that. But it's not my money, so, oh well. But I look for a couple other thoughts from the game. I thought the running backs looked really good. You have a one-two punch there with Jabari Small and Tyon Evans. Um, Each ran for over 100 yards. Um, It actually, Unfortunately, it looks like Tyon Evans is going to be out for the pit game tomorrow. not sure the exact reason, but there's there's rumblings that it's COVID related. So I don't know if he tested positive for COVID or he got contact traced out. Um, I think there's a thought that he might still be able to test out, but it's unlikely. You know, I thought our offensive line played played really well in the Bowling Green game. Joe Milton had plenty of time back there. He held the ball a few times and took a sack. I don't know if that's from him not seeing an open guy, or is that a, re- a receiver's not open? I mean, if if the receivers aren't open, I mean, there's not much you can do. I'd like to see him tuck it and run it there. If, you know, you got five, six seconds, you got protection, no one's open, tuck it and get five or six yards and, you know, slide, get out of bounds, and, you know, go on to the next play. I mean, I think he'll be coached up this week, and he'll be fine. He'll be a lot better this week. I'm not ready to give up on Joe Milton after one game against Bowling Green. First game in the system, so I expect him to be a lot better against Pitt, which leads me to Pitt. Vegas has come out and got Pitt as a three-point favorite. Um, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, Pitt as he has been getting a lot of uh, preseason love. Um, a lot of people are saying they're a sleeper team in the ACC. They've got a 60-year quarterback coming back. Um, Kenny Pickett, Um, he's not a dynamic guy, but he he he's smart and he he knows where to go with the ball, and he's not going to get you beat. He's not going to turn it over. He's got he can run a little bit. He's not a a dual threat, a pure dual threat, but he can move around um, a decent amount in the pocket there. And they got a couple receivers that that are okay. Um, Their defense is usually what they're known for. They did lose three or four guys to the NFL last year on defense. Um, one of them being Rashad Weaver, who's actually now on the Titans. Um, he was one of their better pass rushers. I don't know how good their defense is coming back. You can't take much They from their first game. They played UMass, which is about like Bowling Green. They're one of the worst teams in the FBS. And I can't take a lot from that game. Um, the, the thing I think Tennessee has going for it is the home crowd. Home field advantage, you know there was not there was no crowds last year. Um, there was there was people in the stands, but you know twenty five percent at most in a lot of places. And I don't know if Pitt even had fans at their games, but you know a lot of these guys haven't played in front of a a sold out crowd in a couple years. And I I think if we can get a, a full stadium in there and get it rocking. I think Pitt might be a little intimidated um, coming in there, and I think if Tennessee can jump on them early, um, get that crowd roaring, I don't know. I, I think Pitt's going to have a hard time bouncing back. 
Um, I, you look back to the – this kind of reminds me of the 06 Cal game. Um, Cal came in here a top-ranked team, and Tennessee just blew them out. Cal wasn't ready for the atmosphere. Tennessee jumped on them early, and Cal could never recover. I think you could see something like that if Tennessee jumps on them early. Um, now, if, if Pitt comes out, gets an early TD, a, a turnover, something like that, and just kind of silences the crowd. I I don't know. Then then it could get dicey because I do think Pitt is probably the better overall team. Um, I just something tells me that a noon kickoff in Neyland Stadium, a noon kickoff usually benefits the home team, just because they get to sleep in their own beds. The nights leading up, they'll have a hotel probably the night before the game, but. They're in there. They don't have to travel, get on a plane, anything like that, get proper rest. Whereas the road team <clears throat> coming into a new environment, having to wake up really early, probably doesn't don't sleep as well. Probably not ready to go that early in the morning. So, I think if Tennessee jumps on them early, I like our chances. If to me, it comes down to that first quarter. You'll know what kind of game this is going to be after that first quarter. So, we'll just see. I'll be there. I'll be loud. Um, I'll be ready to go. Uh, another thing that concerns me is the a couple key injuries and players unavailable. It sounds like, as I said earlier, Tyon Evans, Tennessee's probably best offensive player. Looks like he's going to be out due to a COVID situation. And then you, you've got Cooper Mays, who was, who was Tennessee's center. He was injured in the Bowling Green game, came out. I think he came back in for a drive or two and went back out. He has an ankle injury. Um, I guess he's listed as doubtful. Um, we'll see. Maybe he, in the next couple of days, he he's able to go. But that's a big loss in, in Hypo's offense. The center is very key because they're the one calling out protections and making a lot of the reads as well. So um, I guess they're going to slide Jerome Carvin in there to center <clears throat> and then rotate Ollie Lane and Kingston Harris there at guard. So hopefully if Cooper is out this week, I would sit him out for the Tennessee Tech game and just have him fully healthy from Florida. Um, at least that's what I would do. And then you have the Byron Young situation, the Juco defensive end slash linebacker who many people have said is our best pass rusher in fall camp. He, due to an NCA ruling, he's been – suspended two games due to um he apparently he went to a prep school in 2017 after high school played in two games and the program shut down why this is just now coming up I have no idea but um, apparently those two games count against him so he's gonna be he was forced to sit out the first two games of the year Tennessee's appealing the NCAA but as of this recording they haven't gotten any word back which doesn't surprise me the NCAA I don't know what they do over there, but they are very slow when it comes to appeals and waivers and stuff like that. It's They'll probably approve them around South Carolina or Ole Miss game and won't realize he's already back, so that's how the NCAA does it. But losing probably your best pass rusher, your best offensive weapon, and your center, man, that's tough. But, you know, I... I still, I still think Tennessee's got a decent shot. I mean, it's to me, it's a toss-up game, a true toss-up game. And in a toss-up game, I'd rather be the home team in front of a 90,000, 95,000 um, person crowd instead of being on the road. So I don't know. It's This game to me is going to make or break the season. Um, you win this game, 
then obviously you beat Tennessee Tech. You go into Florida three and zero. You know you get some momentum going. Who knows what could happen? I'm not predicting a win in in the swamp, but who knows what could happen? Florida didn't impress me much. Um, I think they got a quarterback controversy too going on down there. So we'll see what they look like in a couple weeks. But uh, I just I, I wish fans would kind of ease off that performance against Bowling Green. Um, don't put too much stock in the first game of a new coach, new system, new quarterback. I mean, we're not showing we're not showing everything in that game. We're just trying to get by, win the game, get some reps for some guys, rotate some guys in. Um, I wouldn't put too much stock in that. And then if you look at the game Saturday in the SEC, Missouri wins by ten points against Central Michigan. You've got um, Florida, who wins by twenty, I think twenty one, twenty three points against FAU. Struggled a little bit in the second half. You got Mississippi State winning by one or two points against Louisiana Tech. I mean, you've got Arkansas who was down to Rice at halftime. I mean, all these teams struggled, and you don't hear their fans calling for the the quarterback to sit or saying they're terrible. And the Tennessee fans, they just tend to overreact to everything and just they're so negative. And I think that really hurts the program. I, Tennessee fans are huge for the program because they're so passionate and they do, you know, they've been coming in the games and supporting through all these bad years and stuff but the negativity man it just it kill it's the recruits see that the negativity the players see that and it's there's no reason to be so negative after one game i mean you won by 32 points these fans need to calm down a little bit but we'll see what happens games tomorrow noon espn should be fun um we've also got nfl football back last night um watch the the bucks cowboys game there um, it was a great game, probably the best game you could have for a season opener. Back and forth, high-scoring game, very fun to watch. Um, Bucks came out on top there late with the field goal. But it was a great game, and I'm looking forward to the Titans um, Sunday against Arizona. Um, I think they've got tight. the Titans as a three-point favorite. Um, the game's got me pretty nervous. Just because anytime you have to defend a, a player like Kyler Murray who can make plays with his feet and his arm, it's going to be tough. But I'm interested to see what the Titans' defense looks like. And it sounds like everyone on offense is finally back healthy. It was getting dicey there in the offseason. No one was practicing, so I hope they have the the cohesion and and everyone's got their rhythm and timing down week one. It might take them a couple weeks to get it going, but uh, – you know, at home game, open the season, you should, you really want to win that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona came out on top either. I mean, that's kind of a toss-up game for me. There isn't much else going on. We've got the Tennessee football against Pitt, the Titans, you know, NFL's back in full swing, college is back in full swing. You know, this is probably the best time of the year if you're a sports fan. Um, you got, you'll have the baseball playoffs coming up, overlapping with Football, NFL football, college football. Then in October, you'll have the NFL or the NHL back, and then the NBA. So it's a great time to be a sports fan, and uh, I'm excited. I I'll give you guys a couple of gambling plays for this week that I have. I went six and two last week, so we'll see what we can do here. Uh, my top one of my top plays is probably South Carolina money line minus one twenty against East Carolina. Um, didn't understand. I know South Carolina is bad for an SEC team, and they lost a lot, and they're starting to 
grad assistant at quarterback, but come on now. They have way, they still have way more talent in East Carolina, and I, I think they win that game. Um, just asking them to win to me is a good play. I like the over 63.5 in the Oregon-Ohio State game. Um, Ohio State struggled a little bit on offense last week early on. I think they'll get, they've got their rhythm back. I think they'll put up a lot of points um, at home. And I think Oregon will move the ball um, a decent amount. I wasn't too impressed with Ohio State's defense. I like Florida, minus 28 against South Florida. Um, Florida struggled last week a little bit on offense. They kind of stalled out there in the second half. I think Dan Mullen will get that corrected, and they're going to want to make a statement against South Florida. wouldn't surprise me if they ran up the score there. Um, I like Iowa State, minus 3.5 against Iowa. I think Iowa's a little bit overhyped after that blowout win against Indiana. And I think the public's going to be all over Iowa. And Iowa State struggled in their opener, so I think they're going to bounce back. <clears throat> they were saving some stuff for Iowa rivalry game. Iowa State at home. I like Iowa State to bounce back. Um, I think they have the better coach, better talent. Um, I look for them to win probably by a touchdown there. And then I look for my last play was, oh, Washington plus seven against Michigan. Michigan blew out. Um, I think we had blew out Western Michigan in week one. They're riding high, coming home. Washington, meanwhile, got beat by an FBS school, Montana. Usually when this happens, the team that loses to the FBS school bounces back. Well, it can go two ways. They can either bounce back in a big way or they can let them ruin their season. I think Washington bounces back. I don't think Michigan's very good. I think they played a weak Western Michigan team, and I, I just don't t- trust Jim Harbaugh. Michigan may win the game, but to ask them to win by more than seven points, a couple scores against Washington, a team with probably equal talent, I just don't see it. So those are a few of my plays for week one. I'll probably end up having a few more the day of the games and stuff like that, depending on how those go. So I guess we'll wrap it up. Um, I'm going to do a reaction video. I'm going to actually do one this week. I didn't feel it necessary to do one for Bowling Green. Um, plus it was Labor Day. It was on a Thursday and it was kind of a weird, I traveled on Labor Day weekend. So it just didn't work out, but I'm going to do a reaction video to Pitt on either Sunday or Monday, depending on how I feel (laughs) Sunday morning. So, well, thanks everybody for listening and, uh, enjoy your weekends and good luck on your bets and go Vols. Thanks.